Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. Ruth chapter number four, and I want to pick up reading in verse number one. Then went Boaz up to the gate and sat him down there, and behold, the kinsman of whom Boaz spake came by, who unto whom he said, Ho, such a one, turn aside, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. And he took elders of the city and said sit down here and they sat down and he said unto the kinsman Naomi that that is come again let's back up verse number three and he said unto the kinsman Naomi that is come again out of the country of Moab selleth a parcel of land which was of or which was our brother Elimelech's and I thought to advertise thee, saying, Buy it before the inheritance and before the elders of, the, of my people. If thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me that I may know, for there is none to redeem it besides thee. And I am after thee. And he said, I will redeem it. Then said Boaz, what day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi, thou must buy it also of Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. And the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar mine own inheritance. Redeem thou my right unto thyself, for I cannot redeem it. Now this was the manner in former time in Israel concerning redeeming and concerning changing. For to confirm all things, a man plucked off his shoe and gave it to his neighbor. And this was the testimony in Israel. Therefore the kinsman said unto Boaz, Buy it for thee. So he drew off his shoe. And Boaz said unto the elders and unto all the people, Ye are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Chilion and Malon's out of the hand of Naomi of the hand of Naomi. Moreover, the Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of Malon, have I purchased to be my wife to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance that the name of the dead be not cut off from among the brethren and from the gate of his place. Ye are witnesses this day. And all the people that were in the gate and the elders said, We are witnesses. The Lord made thee or the Lord make the woman uh, that is coming to the uh, into thine uh, house like Rachel and like Leah which too did build up the house of Israel and do thou uh, worthily in Ephraim and be famous in Bethlehem now look what he said in verse number four 
And I thought to advertise thee, saying, Buy it before the inheritance and before the elders of my people. If thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me that I may know, for there is none to redeem it besides thee, and I am after thee. And he said, I will Redeem it. I want to talk to you about this thought for just a little while this morning. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Father, I love you today. Father, I thank you for being good to me. Father, you know the need of this service this morning, God, and I pray that thy will and way would be done. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd use us for a little while as we preach today. I pray, God, that you'd help us to recall the things that we've studied, God. Father, Lord, I pray, God, that you'd bind the demons of hell, Father, and God, bind Satan himself, God, and I pray, Lord, that your spirit would have free rule and reign over the service today. God, publicly, I want to thank you for the day that you redeemed me. Thank you, God, for buying me off the auction block of sin, Father, and establishing my going, Father. I pray, Lord, that you would use this today. May you get glory and honor, God. Father, you said in your word that if you be lifted up, you'd draw all men unto you. So, God, I pray that as I preach this morning, God, that you would help me uh, to lift you up in Jesus' name. Uh, amen and amen. You can be seated this morning. Again, I want to look into these verses today and preach on the thought of redeemed uh, how I love to proclaim it. Now, when you come into the book of Ruth, you that was here a few weeks ago uh, knows that I preached on grace out of chapter number two uh, of the book of Ruth. And you heard a little bit about the story uh, of the book of Ruth. I've said this many times, but the, the book of Ruth is literally a Cinderella story of the Word of God. It is a lady that had nothing but was redeemed by Boaz, and they lived happily ever after. That's what happens in the book of Ruth. Now, Ruth, again, we know that she is a Moabitish girl, and for the sake of time, I'm not going to deal a great deal with that, but she was a Moabitish girl. Uh, and, and Boaz did not have to show her favor here in the book of Ruth. But God uh, used Boaz uh, to show Ruth favor uh, and to love her uh, and to redeem her uh, uh, from the mess that she was in. Now redeemed, I begin to think about the word redeem uh, or the word redemption. Here's what the word redemption means uh, when you look it up in an 1828 Webster's Dictionary. It means this. It means to repurchase of captured goods or prisoners. It's the act of procuring the deliverance of persons or things from the possession and power of captors by the payment of an equivalent. It means a ransom, a release. It also means as the redemption of 
of a prisoner taken in war. So in other words, it's simply this. It's to buy something back. In other words, you already had it, but when you redeem it, you buy it back. You purchase it back. I was thinking about this. It said, as the redemption of prisoners taken in war. Whenever I read that this week, studying my mind, immediately ran all the way back to the book of Genesis. In the book of Genesis chapter number 3 we know the story that mankind uh, is taken in sin. We know that Eve and the serpent has a conversation that day uh, and that day that Eve ends up beginning sinning or beginning to sin uh, in the garden of Eden and because of that now sin uh, has entered into the world. All of mankind uh, are sinners. Can I say it this way. There was a war in the garden that day. God had created mankind in God's own image. God had made us in the image of him because he longed to fellowship with us. But God cannot look on sin and God cannot have nothing to do with sin. So that day there was a war that took place good against evil. And you know what happened that day? Evil prevailed because Eve ended up sinning in the garden that day. So you know what we become? We become prisoners of sin because of the sin of one man and one woman in the garden. And all throughout the Old Testament you know what they would do? They would bring a sacrifice and they would make their blood sacrifice at the tabernacle once a year. They would bring that the high priest would make the sacrifice, the blood would be shed, he would enter into the holies of holies and he would apply the blood upon the mercy seat. But also all throughout the Old Testament there was somebody prophesied of by the name of Jesus and they said that Jesus one day would come, (laughs) oh yes good neighbor one day would come here to earth and that Jesus would live a sinless life and that Jesus would die for sinful man and that Jesus would purchase mankind. You know what he did that day on Calvary? Redemption took place. He bought us that day on Calvary. In theology, here's what redemption means. It's the purchase of God's favor by the death and suffering of Christ. The ransom or deliverance of sinners from the bondage of sin and the penalties of God's violated law by the atonement of Christ. You say, preacher, what is redemption? Redemption is Calvary today. Jesus purchased us. Now, whenever you look at this story in Ruth chapter number four, whenever you look at this story, here's what you find out you find out that Boaz is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ and that Ruth is a picture as us, the church. And here Ruth and Boaz has met each other and they want to get married. But there is a problem. There is a near kinsman and his name is such a one. 
that was his name. Look in verse number one of chapter number four. Y'all looking at me like a calf looking at a new gate. The Bible said this, Ho, such a one. So I call him Mr. Such a one. You say, was that really his name? Probably not, but that's what I call him today. Mr. Such a one stood in the way. He was a near kinsman that day. Mr. Such a one represents the law today. He represents the Ten Commandments, the law today, but what the law could not contain and what the law could not do, Jesus did. Now, in order for Ruth to be redeemed by Boaz, there were some things that had to take place. Let me show you something. I'm headed somewhere. Stay with me. Let me show you something. Redemption required relationship according to Leviticus 25, 25. The kinsman redeemer had to be a near relative of the person being redeemed. Boaz fulfilled the requirement according to chapter 2, verse number 1 and verse number 20. Redemption requires resource. The same passage of Leviticus teaches us that the kinsman must be able to purchase the goods. In other words, I could go to uh, uh, I could go somewhere today and look at a house that's two million dollars and say that I want it, but you know what? Here's the problem: I don't have the money to buy it. So redemption required resource. Boaz could say that he wanted Ruth, but the only way Boaz could get Ruth is if he could really pay the price. Well, what did the Bible say in chapter 2, verse number 1? And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband, a mighty man of wealth. So he meets the relationship. He meets the resource. But then redemption required a resolve, according to Leviticus 25 and Deuteronomy 25. It teaches that the kinsman redeemer had to be willing to buy back the inheritance. Now, here is the problem. Mr. Such a One wasn't willing to buy back the inheritance. Oh, but Boaz was willing to buy back the inheritance. You see, Jesus could have been the Savior of all the world, and he is. Hear me this morning. He could be the Savior of all the world, but hear me and hear me well. If Jesus had not went to Calvary and died for our sin, all of that would have been in vain. Oh, but aren't you? you glad today, but our redemption was resolved when the Lord Jesus Christ went to Calvary that day. Can I say this? Boaz was ready to redeem. Boaz was able to redeem. Boaz was willing to redeem. Can I say it this way? Jesus was ready to redeem. He came to the earth to die for our sins. Jesus was able to redeem. He had no sin of his own. No man was able to redeem us for our sins but Jesus Christ himself because the Bible said in 2 Corinthians 5.21 for he that knew no sin became sin. Jesus was ready to redeem. Jesus was able to redeem. But can I say this to you this morning? Jesus was willing to redeem. Oh, we know he was able to. We know that he was ready to. But was he really willing to lay his life down for you and I? 
Can I say to you this morning, I sure am glad that Jesus was willing to redeem us. We find that in the New Testament when Jesus makes the trip to Gethsemane right before he goes to, to Gabbath and to Golgotha when he goes to Gethsemane and he begins to pray in the garden of Gethsemane that died. And what did the Bible say? He said he prayed until his sweat became his great drops of blood. What did he pray that night? He said, Father, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. What was the cup that Jesus was talking about? I've asked that question several times here. Everybody has their own opinion. But let me tell you what I really believe in all of my heart that cup was. It was the cup of separation. For the first time in eternity for the first time in eternity past and it'll never happen in eternity future. Jesus was going to be separated from his Father. He and God had always been one. They had never been separated before. But that day on Calvary, God would have to turn his back on his only begotten Son. Why? because the sin of the world was placed on him that day. And you know what he said? Father, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Jesus was willing that day to pay our redemption debt. So I want to take this in Ruth and do a parallel from Boaz and Jesus this morning on redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. You say, preacher, what do you mean? I'm glad that I'm redeemed this morning. I'm glad that I don't have to worry about going to hell today. I'm glad that I remember a day that Jesus came to where I was at and bought me out of the mess of sin that I was in. Number one this morning, it's a personal redemption. It is a personal redemption. Redemption. Look in verse number four. What did he say in the latter portion of verse number four? He said, I will redeem it. He, he didn't say, hey, look, I'm going to get my son to do it. He didn't say, I'm going to get my cousin to do it. He didn't say, I'm going to get my best friend to do it. You know what he said? He said, I will redeem it. Look in verse number 10 this morning. While the Bible said in verse number 10, Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of Malon, have I purchased to be my wife. Number one this morning, can I say this to you? This redemption is a personal redemption. That day that Boaz bought Ruth, he done it himself. It was a personal redemption. There was a song that came out and it said that they searched all over heaven for someone to die in our place. I want to say this to you today. There was never a search made all over heaven for someone to die in our place because there was nobody else that was willing to do it. There was, hey, he didn't ask Abraham to do it because Abraham couldn't do it. He didn't ask Adam to do it because Adam couldn't do it. There was not but one that could die in our place and that was the Lord Jesus Christ. It was a personal redemption. Hey, just as Boaz personally bought Ruth, aren't you thankful today that Jesus Christ himself personally bought you and personally bought me. Listen to what the Bible said in Isaiah chapter number 53. He said, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, 
and afflicted. Listen to what he said in verse number 11. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Listen to what he said in Matthew chapter number 8, verse number 17. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet saying, himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Listen to what he said in 1 Peter chapter number 2, verse number 24 and 25 who his own self by our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live under righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your soul. Listen to what he said in John 14 verse number 6. Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. This redemption that Ruth experienced here in the book of Ruth chapter number 4 was a very personal redemption from Boaz himself. The redemption that you and I enjoy today was a very personal experience from the Lord Jesus Christ to think that God loved you enough to think that Christ loved you enough, to think that Jesus loved you enough to die on Calvary. You see, that was the only way we could be redeemed for our sins. For without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. It was a personal redemption. I'm telling you something this morning. It should excite our souls to know that Christ loved us that much, that Christ was willing to be spit upon and to be mocked and to have a crown of thorns placed upon his head and to be beaten with a cat of nine tails. He done it personally for you and for me. It's a very personal redemption, but can I say this? It was personal in that Boaz was the one redeeming, but it was also personal in that Ruth was the one being redeemed. Oh, it was personal that Boaz bought her, but it was also personal to Ruth that she was the one redeemed. I like what the songwriter said when he said it this way. And we sing this a lot with the Foothills Choir. That's my God. Yes, it was personal that Christ died for me. Oh, but I'm glad that it's personal that I am his child now, that he did by me, that I am his and he is mine. I like what the psalmist said. The Lord is my shepherd. 17 personal pronouns in Psalms 23. The Lord it's Jonathan Shepherd. Jonathan shall not want. He maketh Jonathan to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth Jonathan beside still waters. It is a very personal redemption today. God done it for you. And now because of that, Ruth is able to live in fellowship with Boaz. And Boaz is able to live in fellowship with Ruth. It was a personal redemption. But note this number two this morning. It was not only a personal redemption, but I say this, it was a public redemption. It was a public redemption. Look in verse number one. The Bible said this, Then went Boaz up to the gate and set him down there 
And behold, the kinsman of whom Boaz spake came by, unto whom he said, Ho, such a one, turn aside, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. And he took ten men, that ten in the Bible is the number of testimony. He took ten men of the elders of the city and said, Sit ye down here. And they sat down. You see, with this redemption between Ruth and Boaz being a public redemption, here's what Boaz was stating. I am not ashamed of Ruth. You'll get a hold of that in just a minute. I am not ashamed of Ruth. I'm making a public, a public statement that Ruth is going to be my wife. I am not ashamed of this. It was done publicly that day. Can I say something to you today? Jesus thought enough about you to hang in public agony, stripped of all of his dignity. His clothes were stripped from him. His dignity was stripped from him. They tried to strip his character from him, but they couldn't take his character from him. And they had it right. The sign above him said it right. He was king of the Jews. I, I was in a meeting yesterday morning, and I told an individual, you always make sure your character's right because your character, people may try to strip your character from you, but if it's your true character, they can't nobody take it from you. And that day, what he was doing, he was making a public example. He was saying publicly, this is my wife. Aren't you glad on Calvary that day? He made a public example. This is my beloved. This is who I die for. What did he say? He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Who is he talking to that day? He was talking to the whole world that day. I thought about the story in Exodus. In Exodus chapter number 16 and 17, of course in about chapter 11, 12, chapter 13, chapter number 11, if I'm not mistaken, God speaks to Moses to bring the children of Israel out. Chapter number 12, he goes before Pharaoh. And in chapter number 13, they begin that journey. In chapter number 14, uh, they're at Mara and the different things of that nature. When you come to chapter 16 and 17, they're wandering around in the wilderness. God's delivered them. They're wandering around in the, the wilderness. Chapter 16, if I'm not mistaken, is where God sends manna down. In chapter 17, uh, they needed something to drink. And you know what happens in chapter number 17? Moses takes the elders with him and he smites the rock publicly in front of everybody. And water comes out of that rock that day and waters the people, gives the people to drink that day. Whenever you study all of that out in typology, it is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ being smitten on Calvary. And you know what he done? Here's what he done. He done it publicly. He done, you know what Satan does with everything? He does it privately. Satan always has to do it privately. Always has to do it privately. You know, somebody says to the preacher, I need to talk to you privately. Well, here's the thing. You can, but there's going to be a Mr. Such a One in the room. There's going to be a witness there. I just do that, man. I have a witness in the room with me for their sake and for my sake. Now, listen to me this morning. Publicly that day, Boaz says, Ruth is mine. 
I will purchase Ruth. Publicly, Jesus purchased you and I. If you'll go to the book of Acts, chapter number 5, verse number 29 through 32. I'm not going to take time to turn there for the sake of time this morning. But you know what? You'll find out Jesus is talking. They are talking about the crucifixion, the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the ascension. And he talks about it being done publicly. And I want to say something to you today. I sure am glad that Jesus publicly redeemed me. It was a personal redemption. It was a public redemption. But can I say this to you, number three this morning? It was a powerful redemption. Powerful. Uh, look at what the Bible said in verse number three. And he said unto the kinsman Naomi, that is come out of the country of Moab, selleth a parcel of land, which was our brothers in Limelech's. The Bible said in verse number four, I'm not going to read it again. He tells the near kinsman, if you're going to redeem it, redeem it. But if not, I'm going to redeem it. That was a very powerful redemption. You see, up to this moment, Ruth has been known as Ruth the Moabitish. In other words, we could say it this way. She was just a Gentile dog like you and I. And up to this moment, that's what she has been known as. But somebody saw something in her. Somebody said, I don't care where you come from. I don't care the past that you may have. I don't care that you may be from Moab and nobody else around here cares about you. She didn't live up to the standard of the near kinsman. She didn't live up to his standard. What did he say? Look in verse number 5. Then said Boaz, What day thou buyest the field at the hand of Naomi? Naomi was from Bethlehem. But look what he said. Thou must buy it also of Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon the inheritance. And the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar mine own inheritance. You know what he was saying? He was saying this. I'm not going to redeem her. She's a Moabitish girl. I don't want nothing to do with her. I'm not interested in her. She cannot fulfill what I want her to fulfill. Her name is not good enough to be with my name. That's practically what he just said. When we think about the law today, that's what the law says about us. I'm not talking about the law of the land. I'm talking about the law of the Old Testament. I'm talking about the Ten Commandments. Can I say something to you today? We cannot live up to it. You say, preacher, I've never murdered. Well, the Bible said that if you ever even lied, you're guilty of one, you're guilty of all. We cannot live up to the law. If we had, hey, listen to me. If we had to live up to the law, you and I both would die and burn in a devil's hell because of a war that took place in Genesis chapter number 3 and evil prevailed. We cannot live up to the law. But this redemption was powerful in what one would not do and could not do. There was another one that did do, and that was Boaz when he bought Ruth. Oh, you and I couldn't live up to the Let me just read you some verses. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says this. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. 
For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Listen to this. The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. The strength of sin is the law. We could not keep it. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, we couldn't keep the law. We was just like Mr. Such-a-One right here. We could not keep the law. He did not want a redeemer because he was afraid that it would mar his name. Oh, but there was somebody personally that stepped up on the scene publicly that day and had all the provisions that was needed that day and bought Ruth that day and redeemed her. And it was a powerful Redemption. She was no longer Ruth the Moabitish, but now she is Miss Boaz. Her whole life has now changed. Matter of fact, in chapter number three, in chapter number three, she goes and lays down at his at the threshing floor and lays down at his seat, at his feet. And when she lays down at his feet, he he tells her, he says, Go home and wait. Did I get this taken care of? Now, I'm not quoting this verbatim, but you can go home and read chapter number three. And when she comes back home, Naomi says, Art thou Ruth? Art thou Ruth? It was that Naomi didn't recognize her. Naomi was wanting to know if Boaz had redeemed her yet. And she says, No, I'm not. And here's what Ruth said to her. Then said she, sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall. For the man will not be in rest until he hath finished the thing of this day. You know what Naomi was saying to her? Here's what she was saying. You don't have to worry about it. It's all going to be all right. Boaz is going to take care of you. It was a very powerful redemption that day. There was some of you that the world would say was further in sin than others. But the truth of the matter is this. We was all dead in trespassings of sin. But aren't you thankful there was a day that God came to where you was at and looked beyond what you was and looked beyond your earthly mess and your earthly name and you being a Gentile dog. Aren't you glad there was a day that God personally came to where you was at and publicly changed your life? He had the provision to redeem you and to bring you back to him. And what a powerful day that was because now you are not what you used to be. You don't drink the same things you used to drink. God changed your fountain. God changed your life. God changed your walk. God changed your talk. Why? Because there was a powerful redemption took place in your life that day. It was a powerful redemption. I'll show you one more thing and I'm done. Come start playing. It was a productive redemption. It was productive. Productive. 
You say, preacher, how do you get that it was a productive redemption? Well, the Bible said this. Moreover, verse number 10, Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of Malon, have I purchased to be my wife. The Bible ends up telling us that they get married. Verse number 13, so Boaz took Ruth and she was his wife. Man, you don't talk about a Cinderella story. So Boaz took Ruth and she was his wife. And when he went into her, the Lord gave her conception and she bare a son. Verse 17, and the women, her neighbors gave it a name saying, there's a son born to Naomi and they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. They called his name Obed. When you study that word Obed out, matter of fact, if you've got a study Bible, probably in the bottom of your Bible, that word is Obed is there. And here's what it says in the bottom of mine, which I just didn't take one for it. I studied the name out. Herbert Lockyer's got a great book on all the names of the Bible, all the men of the Bible, but here's what it literally means. It literally means worship. That's what it means. You see, worship was the product of their redemption. Worship was the product of Ruth's redemption. I wonder just maybe, I wonder just maybe, I wonder just maybe, if she's sitting in the living room couple years has passed by now she's sitting in the living room and Obed's out there playing maybe four or five years has passed and they got a swing set I guess they had swing sets in I don't know but whatever it was they had it because Boaz was a man of wealth I wonder if maybe she's sitting in the living room kicked back in the recliner eating a big bowl of slow-churn caramel vanilla ice cream. Somebody say amen. Or maybe it's a Sunday evening and they've just come in from the house of God and she's sitting there eating her eggs and tater tots, drinking her orange juice, and she looks out and Obed's running around outside. Maybe tears swell up in her face. She thinks, boy, just a few years ago, I was nothing but washed up in Moab. Ain't nobody care about me. Ain't nobody love me. But I made a choice. She chose to come to Bethlehem. And she said, I made a choice in the back of her mind. And I seen somebody that loved me and somebody that cared for me. And I decided to go with him. Now he's my husband. And I can't help but to wonder maybe she don't raise a little hand and just say, I sure do thank you, Lord, as she looks out there at worship in the yard playing. I just want to thank you, Lord, that when I was in a mess in my life, you see, all of us was in a war in Genesis chapter number 3. And he lost that for us. Oh, but there was somebody named Jesus 
that said, you know what, I'm willing. I'm willing to pay the price. Bo hey, look, Boaz never even questioned. Boaz, I've never even thought about this. Boaz, Miss Sharon, never even questioned what the price is. Never questioned. He just says, I'll redeem her. You know what he was saying? He's saying, it don't matter. It don't matter what the price is. I'm willing to pay it. Remember years ago, we went to a sale one time. Old Leonard, Miss Lisa's daddy was with us. He had that little card, Brother Wheel. And he said, I want that right there. And I said, well, I wonder what it'll bring. He said, I don't know, but the bidding started and he stuck his card up. And he never took it down. And I thought, well, you know what he was saying? Here's what he was saying. It don't matter what it costs, I'm taking it home with me today. And he held that card. And you know who got the last bit? Old Brother Leonard got the last bit. You know who took the product home? Old Brother Leonard did. You know what there was a day that you and I was in the gutters of sin. And when the auction took place, Jesus just stuck his hand up. He said, no matter what the price is, even if it means me dying, then that's what I'm willing to do. It was a productive redemption. Because of that, it should cause us to say, Lord, I sure do thank you. Well, we don't deserve nothing. I fail God so miserably every day. But He still loves me, brother. Sitting around the house the other day, listening to the girls sing and play instruments. Looked up the hill and beautiful church the Lord lets me pastor I thought about the wonderful people God lets me pastor I thought about the things that I love to do within myself and God lets me have a part in that boy he's been real good to us today we didn't deserve none of it old Ruth sat around I just can't help but to wonder every time Obed would run by. She'd say, thank you, Lord. Worship. I bless you. See, we get this thing all mixed up. Worshiping is not necessarily jumping up and going, hallelujah, praise God. Worshiping's when we humble ourselves at his feet. That's praise. This is praise. Yeah, man. Worship's when we humble ourselves at his feet. And we realize where we should be today and where God brought us from and how God's blessed us. And it causes us to say that.